Hello, and welcome to the show where we cast our favourite books into film. I'm Flo. I'm Rachel. And I'm Roxanne. And this is Typecast, brought to you by Rare Birds Book Club. This week, we're casting Who's That Girl? By Vary McFarlane. Why does it make me laugh? It. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. It's so I just stupid. Think it, I felt like I needed to do it to take the edge off. <laughs> so uh, I've been excited for this one for weeks. I think this is the one I'm most anticipating actually casting. I found it quite hard to cast. Maybe we'll come to it later. Me this too. Is, yeah, this is probably for me the most challenging one so far. And I wonder if that's just because it's because I know that we all love this book so much. We, I knew we were all going to take it really seriously. <laughs> yeah, you <know. laughs> yeah. So I didn't, so didn't want to show up and be like, oh, I was actually thinking George Clooney. And you guys be like, <laughs> what? Yeah, I feel like we're, we're going to get people are going to get upset it's gonna in get, this episode. <laughs> yeah, this could be our final episode. <laughs> This might be the last time I ever... The, the I ever one that just absolutely yeah. tears us apart. Who's That Girl was published in 2015 and it was Barry McFarlane's fourth book. follows Edie Thompson. So at the beginning of the book, Edie Thompson is in love. It just so happens that the man she's in love with is getting married. As if that isn't bad enough, Edie is then caught in an extremely compromising position when Jack, the groom, confesses that he has feelings for her at his wedding, then goes for broke and plants a snog on Edie that his wife of a literal hour has front row seats to. Unfortunately for Edie, the newly married couple are also her co-workers and she becomes a pariah both in her personal and professional life. To make matters even worse, Jack, the rogue snogger, seems to have positioned himself as the injured party and Edie gets labelled a homewrecker. Help comes in the form of her boss, who gives Edie an assignment to ghostwrite a celebrity autobiography. The subject in question is Elliot Owen, a TV heartthrob fresh off the back of his stint as a lead in the Game of Thrones style's fantasy series. He's now filming an indie masterpiece, Gun City, spearheaded by a Tarantino type, and his agent believes that a tell-all book will help him make the transition from TV to film stardom. The movie, it just so happens, is being filmed in Edie's hometown of Nottingham, where her lonely dad and estranged sister still live. Edie jumps at the chance to leave London and her newly found notoriety. Elliot and Edie meet. I'm going to hold for a gasp here. No? Thank you. (laughs) Suffice it to say, it does not go well. Elliot is exactly the type of wanker Edie suspected he'd be, and they clash badly. She's almost thrown off the job, but not wanting to face the maelstrom waiting for her back in London, Edie begs Elliot to let her continue writing the book, confessing that she can't go back home and the reasons why. He reluctantly agrees, and the two strike up a bit of a friendship. And maybe more. That's it. That's my synopsis. I haven't thought about the beginning like the opening of the book in a while and I forgot just how like cringe and horrifying it is the wedding at the beginning like just the train wreck of them kissing bridesmaids acapella and the the wedding just oh Oh my god yeah that is amazing Edie having to hide in her hotel room like I just it is because you feel you really feel that like stress and that fear when she's trying to get out of the out of the oh hotel at like five a.m. and desperately get away before anyone sees her, and then she kind of talks to that woman who sort of realizes who she is, and oh you're like, God. no, get away! Get and away. also like the immediate social media impact as well, because there's all photos of her on Instagram, and then like, or just even that know. she really finds herself without any mates. Like the guy, she's kind of come her friend at the wedding. Even he sort of drops her like a hot brick. He's like, yeah, Yeah. this is really bad. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't want to be associated with yeah. you. <laughs> That's the moment where she realizes how bad it is when he's deleted the photo yeah, of them on together. Instagram. Yeah, Ooh, like, brutal, thinks. brutal. But he's he's a great character. Louis. What's his name? Louis. Yeah, because yeah. he's so he's just a classic two faced. You know. He absolutely loves to gossip more than anything and will just throw anybody under the bus if he can tell a story about Yeah, the him. setup is great. Like she really throws her into the deep end of this horrible situation because she's she, her and Jack have been uh, flirting sort of online, but he has plausible deniability the whole time. He does it very carefully. Like he's really towing the line of what's appropriate when you're in a relationship. I think after the kiss happens and she's on her own and she has to sort of escape from the wedding, that just reinforces like she should not have been there in the first place. That's a real <laughs> moment where you're reading. You're like, Edie, what are you? Why did you go? What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you're in love with the person, don't go to their wedding is is i would say some advice someone should unless you're the bride stay home (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) don't look at the groom like a a good rule of thumb isn't it i mean i think it's safe to say we all love this book we are huge fans of vari both on this podcast and rare birds in general personally i think she's just the gold standard in terms of contemporary romance writing right now because she writes great romances but she also puts lots of other good meaty stuff into these books that makes them you know they're really wholesome like you feel like you've had a good meal when you've read one of these books it's not a fast food it's like you feel nourished i think what makes her too such an outstanding (laughs) romance writer is she's very very good at writing to people falling in love and not and and not realizing it's so obvious to us as readers that Edie and Elliot are falling in love and it's not obvious to them for a while it's exciting to read you know you know where it's going you know they're you know they're probably gonna end up together or fall in love or whatever it is you can see it going in that direction but they can't yet you sort of have this bird's eye view and she she just lets the story breathe you know she she allows these two people to get to know each other not least I think because you know the book is long it's about 500 pages Ages, which is unusual for a romance novel. The characters really get a chance to progress their relationship properly. You really do get to see these characters fall in love, um, which I, I, do, I don't actually yeah. think you see a lot, oddly, in uh, romance novels. I think you sort of start with the concept knowing these people are going to fall in love and so you can do a lot of the work for the author before you've even opened up the book. But then the setup is so good for that as well because she has to just be with him and interview him constantly and talk to him about his life and it's just like, mm. of course they would fall in love after that you know they're just talking every single day and sharing like all of these deep you know when Edie shows up in Nottingham to interview she's really taken him in dislike before she meets him like she's sort of yeah. she's already decided yeah. that she just doesn't like him and so they go and have their first meeting which is basically a disaster how he behaves seems to reinforce everything she thought but she's so desperate because it's this or back to London to face you know the mob at work so she's got to sort of stick it out with Elliot and in the process of them interviewing each other like or her interviewing him really she has to undo a lot of her prejudices that's the whole thing isn't it is she judges Elliot in the way that other people judge her you know like people there's all this gossip going around about her and so people make these assumptions about who she is and she's like no that's not who I am but she she does the same thing to him I think and also to be fair to Elliot her research seems to consist entirely of like hello articles <laughs> so she turns up being like he is obviously a wanker because of how the the journalists have been portraying him I love that thing where they're in the pub and 
he's like, if I take off my hat, people will recognize me. And she's like, okay, fine. And then they <laughs> do. And she's just like, oh, it actually really sucks. And then she and she was like, oh, right, I'm the asshole here. I also I also love uh, is the big high horse moment. <laughs> Essentially, Elliot makes a big mistake and then Edie gets to be really righteously angry at him. You cringe so hard all the way through you feel how angry she is and you feel how mortified he is like in the texts he sends and the bit where she has to show up for their like final interview or whatever and he says something like oh you know every time I think about it I want to stab myself in the leg with a fork (laughs) that's so good that's it like that's exactly how you would feel but also there's just something so unassailably delicious about an in incredibly beautiful man groveling because he wants <laughs> yeah. to be with you I mean it's just it's just yeah. perfect he's a famous actor like one of the sexiest men in the world and he's sitting in his, his childhood bedroom listening to Radiohead <laughs> oh, he's listening to Radiohead. <laughs> because he feels so angsty about her it's honestly it is like every fantasy I think most teen girls had brought to life but in a really realistic fashion and I think that's why it's it's so good yeah she sells it even though it's sort of unbelievable but like romance aside as well like I love that Barry McFarlane thing of how like the the lead character always has like a really close-knit group of friends and she just always has she kind of interrupts the romance storyline to just go and have a really lovely time with those friends and in those moments the lead character is always like this is the best <laughs> yeah I love I love people. my friends yeah I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be you know it, whatever happens with the guy I'm going to be fine and it's always like they're going for a curry or they're they're drinking tons of yeah. wine and I love those little kind of like small scale wish fulfillment moments that like have nothing to do with the romance but you still when you read them you think oh my god that sounds so nice I wish I was doing that right now she's so the dynamic of the friends too you know in this book it's really her friends that sort of put Edie back on the right path because she's sort yeah, of definitely. She's kind of got it wrong about Elliot a little bit and she really, she can't accept that maybe all this is happening because he likes her until her friends are like, maybe he just likes you and that's what, that's what it is. But she has been damaged by her experience with Jack, I suppose. She always just thinks, well, it can't be that simple, you know. So where does this book land in your hierarchy of Vary McFarlane novels? This is my favorite. Why? Because it was the first one of hers that I read and I was just so kind of delighted by it. So I have very fond memories. But it's- I remember, Flo, when you were reading it, you texting me when you got to the bit where she goes to his house and where they kind of get together. And you were like, oh, oh my God, I can't bear That moment has, I think, one of the most romantic lines ever written. Ooh, what's, what's, the, what's the line? I don't think I should say it because oh, I don't yeah. want to spoil it, okay. but it's... It's like a kind of thought that goes through her head when they finally come together and it's so romantic in the moment. What about you, Rach? <laughs> Where does it land? I don't know. Who's That Girl is traditionally the book that I would point people towards if they say to me, like, I'm looking for a really good rom-com or where should I start mm. with this author? Because I have never recommended Who's That Girl to someone and not had them come back and be I absolutely love that like yeah it's just yeah it's just <laughs> such a, it's just such a joy to read it's so enjoyable that it's is. so satisfying so in that way it probably is kind of her best but my f- personal favorite as you guys know is book three three yeah Adam West it's forever me, it's you yeah. <laughs> I think it's very hard for me. I my two favorites are probably Don't You Forget About Me and Who's That Girl, but I go back and forth because Don't You Forget About Me was the first one of hers I read and then I read all of them in like the like preceding 10 days. But I think Who's That Girl is far yet like 
the top of her powers. Like it's just, it's so well constructed. It's so well paced. Um, but I do have such a soft spot for Lucas from Don't You Forget About Me. So yeah. it's, it's tough. Okay. It is time for our casting call. So um, before we get started, we have a couple of rules. Let's just lay down just lay down the rules here so rule number one they must be living okay everybody okay. fine with that i can no deal with eddies. that rule number two <laughs> all castings must be actors okay so i don't want to hear any you know musicians i don't want to hear any politicians i don't want to hear like oh this footballer would be great unless actors. they have acted as well in the past like eric Cantona. So David Beckham, you can, he's, yeah, he's fair game. Um, Has David yeah. Beckham acted in anything? Um, King yes, Arthur. King oh, Arthur. yeah, obviously. I forgot his seminal role in King Arthur. Continue. Our third and final rule is that they must be contemporary. So you have to cast them as they are now, not, you know, Sean Connery when he was 35. You always say Sean Connery. Why is he your go-to? <laughs> I, I think we're going to have to do an episode where we do a, a pastimes casting, like pick an era and cast from then. <laughs> oh, that would like be the really 70s. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. How fun would that be? It would be good. Would it be fun or would it be fun or would it just be like, oh, Harrison Ford? Like on Rockside, Harrison Ford. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it'd be fun for me. <laughs> Maybe not for you guys. Okay. So let's start by establishing who we're going to cast. So I assume, of course, Edie and Elliot. Yeah. And Jack as well. Yeah, I mean, I got I got an option for Jack. I think Jack's yeah. a good good one to do too. He's an interesting one because you kind of want him to exist in opposition to Elliot. You know, you yeah. How you cast them as as a duo is is quite interesting to think about. I think, mm. especially because at the you know at the beginning of the novel, Edie's really she's trying to get over Jack. So yeah. Jack, even though he's not physically present in a lot of the book, he looms very large. Because all the drama in her life kind of flows from him. He's got to be kind of charming. You've got to kind of see the appeal of Jack. He can't just be a dud. Yeah. yeah. But he's. But then he's also got to be He's got to be a, a dud wiener. compared to Elliot, but not oh, like yeah. a, a total dud. Everyone's a dud compared to Elliot, let's be honest. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, why are we even bothering with our lives? Um, okay, so Edie, Elliot, and Jack... Rox, do you have anything for us? You know, how are they described in the book? Okay, so Edie is, let me just get my book out. Um, so her first description is that she basically looks like Clara Bow. And unless you're 85, you probably don't know who Clara Bow is. But she she sort of looks like Betty Boop. <laughs> like that's the closest. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, she's also described as having an old-fashioned face. Um, but she basically has shoulder length and it says here, inky hair and thick, dark brows. So, and then, um, Elliot, there's lots of descriptions of Elliot. Uh, <laughs> so when Edie first is looking through the magazines, she says he didn't have sensible or interesting good looks. He had silly to the point of ridiculous pin-up handsomeness to appeal to teenagers who hadn't developed a more complex palette yet. See, again, this is just evidence of how much Edie's trying to hate him. Uh, and then let me see. Then there's another one where she says, okay, the side of Elliot didn't knock Edie out or make her ovulate. 
He was just people, except a pumice-stoned, cleaner, clearer, more bone-structured, symmetrical version. I totally get that description because have you ever seen like a celebrity in real life? You can tell that they're famous. You can really tell that they're famous, yeah. I saw um, Michael Fassbender in an airport one time and it's like he was so obviously a celebrity because it's like his skin was just cleaner and smoother and brighter and shinier than everyone else around him they're so well groomed they just that they take on almost like an otherworldly quality that pumice stone thing is actually a really great way of describing it because that's what it is it's like polished the most important thing about Elliot is he basically is like a prototype of Richard Madden or Kit Harrington. famous redhead Richard Madden <laughs> god not this again <laughs> But actually, Barry McFarlane herself was quoted in a Q&A as saying that physically he's either a Kit Harrington or a Richard Martin. So I'm curious to know, for you guys, was it a Richard Martin or was it a Kit Harrington? For me, it was a Richard Martin because I think Kit Harrington is very good looking, but he, he doesn't have that kind of sex appeal and charm that Rich, Richard Madden does, I think. Yeah. And I would also say that Kit Harrington has more of like a sort of a grunge vibe to him. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah. And Richard Madden just has that sort of like, like that jaw that could cut glass, you know, that sort of like, oh my God, it's so symmetrical. It's painful. He's a little bit more clean cut. He sort of looks more like your very classically handsome celebrity. That was more who I pictured. I mean, in terms of casting, he's really the obvious choice. I know. Which is why we've we've all agreed that we're, he's off limits. He shall be stricken from the record. Yeah. <laughs> Kid Harrington and Richard Madden, we're not allowed to cast. We set that rule up from the beginning, which is disastrous because Richard Madden is obviously perfect for this role. So let's just say that he's perfect. He should be cast. We know that. He's so perfect that we won't cast him. To be honest, I've, I've already moved on from it. I start. I was starting to get a bit bored with the idea of it. And it's just so obviously meant to be one of those two that it's sort of like you get very used to the idea. And I, I, I just, I'm looking for something. Yeah, we're ready to mix it twist. up a bit. Okay. And is there any description of what Jack looks like? He's a bit, he's a hipster, isn't he? You see his appeal, but he's not... He's like a very kind of polished middle class hipster who would yeah. maybe go and do like a course in being a blacksmith and is very <laughs> yeah. obsessed with IPA. Makes his makes his own kombucha. Wait, wait. The blacksmith <laughs> thing I don't get at all. The IPA thing one hundred percent. But the blacksmith Being a blacksmith is like very hot right now. Do you know how I pictured him as well as like he's attractive but He's the kind of person where if you were having all this drama with him and you showed a picture of him to your friends, your friends would be like this guy, like yes. you're throwing your life yes, away on this exactly guy. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you'd like, you'd like flick through to find a good angle and you'd be like, see, he looks good in this one. Yeah. But so, I mean, are we, are we looking to cast close to the descriptions in the book or is it more about a kind of vibe? One key point, you know, I don't think it's about their physical descriptions, but something that is very important about the dynamic between Elliot and Edie is that Edie is older than Elliot. Yeah. By about five or six years. Elliot's meant to be like in his early thirties, like 31. And Edie is, she has a birthday in the book. She turned, does she turn 36 36, or 37? Yeah. I think she's 36. She's, into her later 30s and he doesn't he's surprised by that like she doesn't necessarily look like she's older than him but she is older than him and that's important yeah because that's a that's that's an important part of their dynamic and an important part of the end of the novel as well so Mm. when it comes down to it I think it's really about what the actor can bring what their what their charm is you know because what I was looking for with Edie was you know because Elliot does make reference several times to the fact that she's a little bit hard to read like she plays it quite cool 
he doesn't really know where she stands. He can't tell if she likes him or not. So when I was thinking about who could play her, I wanted someone who, you know, it wasn't easy. You know, she she was a little bit of a cool customer. That was what I was looking for in Edie mm. because she's she's a little bit misunderstood. A bit aloof, yeah. Yeah. And then with Elliot in the book, they talk about Elliot being really kind and very, very sensitive. Not brooding, but a really sort of, at the heart of it, a very gentle and sensitive guy, ultimately. Yeah, he's not a bad boy <laughs> at all. No, he's clean cut and sensitive and friendly and... yeah. Very emotionally yeah. intelligent, for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he drops some clangers along the way. Mari's but... <laughs> heroes are always so emotionally intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the most unrealistic thing of her book in her book. <laughs> That's the thing I can't suspend my disbelief for. <laughs> okay. It is crunch time. More nervous. Listen, the last few weeks, I haven't had a great time of things. <laughs> I've had good ideas and they've been stolen. And then it seems like I stolen. am not taking it seriously and I have and I don't have anybody. And so this week, I want to go first. I do feel accusing us of stealing is a little rich, but we went better. <laughs> last week, you had two of the same of mine. And then everyone was like, wow, Flo, great idea. <laughs> Wonderful, happy coincidence. <laughs> it was cause of celebration. So... Um, I guess we'll start with Edie. Yeah, that's yeah. That, yeah. Edie's, Edie's our heroine. Um, and then we'll do Elliot and then Jack as a little kind of bonus round. Cool. Okay. Cool. So um, oh, I'm, I'm most nervous about Edie. How about Jessica Brown Finley? She is um, an actress. She's from Downton. And she was also uh, in Guernsey. She was like Elizabeth in Guernsey. Flo, if you remember seeing yes, that film. Yes, I, I recall. Um, I um, think that's good, yeah. She's definitely got the right look. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's a little bit young. Like, I think she's in her early 30s, but she is, I think, has kind of the right spirit and definitely looks like what I picture Edie to look like. Yeah, she's got a bit of spunk. Yeah, that's not bad. She gave her like a, a like a long bob, a lob, you know, <laughs> and uh, some red lippy, yeah. yeah. I don't mind that choice. Yeah, I don't mind that choice. Okay. Okay. You guys liked it, but you didn't feel as enthusiastic as I wanted. (laughs) You said you were saving your favorite one. I can't be enthusiastic about all of them. What's your favorite? I'm now curious. My number one choice, the person who I I really want and who I actually really picture in this role and in many roles, because I think she might be my favorite actress, is Lizzie Kaplan, who is Janice Ian in Mean Girls. She's in uh, Master of Sex. She's in Now You See Me Too. (laughs) (laughs) She's good in that. She's funny. Elliot and Edie are meant to be kind of different. Like she's meant to be like a cool kind of hipstery and he's just meant to be like a clean cut, beautiful guy. She would be great. She's a little bit older. She's in her late thirties. I think she has the right look and the right vibe. I'm just yeah. really worried about her doing a Nottingham the accent. accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually though, if you go back to the source text, you can, you'll see, you'll see clearly that Elliot actually has more of a Nottingham can accent. Can Lizzie Kaplan do a London accent? If the answer is yes, can she play the part? I'll bring her in for a casting call. The only thing is, is I do think she has Hollywood look you know yeah, she's quite glam isn't she beautiful and I I sort of that that's my own that's really my only reservation is she's almost like too Hollywood and perfect looking for Edie something I struggled with with in this book is I love the book so much and all I wanted to do was just take all the actors I love so much 
and put them in. Like even when I was thinking about Elliot, I just have sort of like a dossier of hot guys. And I was just sort of going through the names. Like I'm just going to take out my dossier. (laughs) I love that idea. Just just you running through your office, grabbing the dossier, slapping it on the table and being like, right, who do I want? Who's it going to be? Listen, Lizzie Kaplan, it works. Okay, fine, rocks. (laughs) Who can I crowbar into this role? (laughs) Um, I think Lizzie Kaplan has the sort of right vibe, but the accent and also her looking so Hollywood but they, they, they were a pretty good selection you haven't embarrassed yourself she doesn't look Hollywood in Mean Girls she's Janice Ian <laughs> <laughs> that was sort of her breakout role so my first suggestion is which I feel actually quite like strong about is um Mandeep Dillon and so she's her recent role is uh as Sandy in Afterlife and I actually think she has a, a really good look for it because she's really pretty, but she's she's sort of, I don't know, very relatable looking. And I think she oh, has I love her. quite a good vibe for she, Edie. I've never seen her in anything, but she definitely has the right look. Mm. So, I, I, you know, she's, I think she could be feisty and I don't know I just I she's got the lob down yeah it, and she's she's she has a sort of small role in afterlife but she's she's, really nice she's a bit young though she's not even 30 yet I know but uh, yeah I think I think I'm gonna get pulled up for this a lot then because yeah, but, the, the, but the problem is is that if she's only 30 how old is your Elliot like he's gonna have to look like he's 24 I didn't focus so much though on 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 the as long as they were in there around about the 30s so my next suggestion is also she's not super well known but um it's uh hannah britland and she was abigail in love sex so she didn't play the the lead love interest she played the sort of secondary love love sex sponsoring this podcast <laughs> have you have, have either of you managed to go a single week without mentioning someone? i know i'm we sorry in one week it's not like we've been wheeling it out every week <laughs> So she doesn't she doesn't probably have the right sort of coloring for ED, but she is feisty. Again, I think she's she's really pretty but sort of relatable looking. I think she gave a lovely performance in in Love Sick. It's not lighting the world on fire. It's this- it's not Lizzie Kaplan, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie Kaplan is not the yardstick. <laughs> so my last one, and I don't know how this will go down, and I I, I think I'm more on Rachel's wavelength here, just casting someone that I think that I just love is uh, Ashling B, and she was um, the lead oh, in I Living love with Yourself. Ashling B. I know she was recently in Living with Yourself with uh, Paul Rudd, um, but she's also uh, and she was Kate Elliott in that, his like partner, and she was also recently in Quiz. If everyone's anyone seen that, and she was the sort of producer, the Irish feisty producer. Yeah, she's such a comic actress that I just feel like. The role isn't that comic. Do you know what I think it is? I think the thing about her is that she's so, so offbeat and she doesn't really, like, she doesn't really give the sense that she cares what people think, which is not Edie at all. Edie cares very much. I just can't see Ashton B like embodying a character that has like constructed her entire life around how it looks and ticking the boxes. Like Ashlyn B is more of a free spirit. She wears dangly earrings, you know, she's... (laughs) Your stomachs of the your psychoanalysis of the actors is so great. Mandeep Dillon is my favorite of those. And yeah, then Rach, yeah, yeah. I think Lizzie Kaplan, thank you. No. <laughs> I think Jessica Brown Finley was was the closest. Flo. Okay, so I actually think 
this actress, when I see her, I'm like, that is Edie. And I didn't even really know who she was until like a couple months ago. But I think when you look at her, you're going to be like, oh my God, that is Edie. Okay, so it's Sarah Green. And what you might have seen her in is Normal People. She plays Connell's mum in Normal People. And she was also in the Dublin Murders recently. And she was also in Penny Dreadful. Yeah, she does look like an Edie. She looks so much like how Edie is described in the book because she's got that heart-shaped face and the sort of chubby cheeks and the really delicate, pretty features and the sort of really shiny black hair. Yeah. Yeah, that is. That's absolutely perfect. Right? Yeah, Yeah, that is really good. And she's 35. (gasps) Oh, my God. Did she used to go? She used to go with Paul Dark. (gasps) (laughs) Oh, my God. Really? Look at them together. Oh, my God. What a good-looking couple. Oh, my God. Such a beautiful couple. Wow. Is that that job done? (laughs) Have we finally found a role for Aiden Tana? No, no, no. <laughs> um, Apparently they were, t- they were together for years. She was left heartbroken and they split up because their whole life revolved around work. Oh, According sweet. to the Daily Mail. <laughs> <laughs> According to the God. very reliable source, the Daily Mail. Oh God, did she go to his wedding and kiss him when he was getting married to someone else? Is he married to someone else? Who? Aiden Tana? No, yeah. I was making She was a just making a joke. Of the book. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I thought you were saying about Aiden Turner. She went to Aiden Turner's wedding, and I was like, "What?" That's all you heard was Aiden Turner's wedding, and your mind just went insane. <laughs> I was like, "No, I'm supposed to." Yes, marry he got him. married, and he wore the uh, the hat, and he had the little ponytail. It was great. He took his size down the aisle. <laughs> I just also want to establish that one of the reasons Rach won't let us cast Aiden Turner in anything is because she loves Aiden Turner so much. She's just looking for a perfect role for him. I have the perfect role for him. Well, then we need to do that book, don't we? <laughs> so you can crowbar him in <laughs> from the dossier. <laughs> in my dossier, I've got all my favorite actors and just penciled in beside what roles they'll play. I can't lie. Sarah Green is strong. Sarah yeah, Green's I think really that's strong. I think that's perfect. I just I don't even know why we'd go any further. So let's go to Ellie. Are you going first okay. on this one too? I'm gonna go first. This is the one that was most important Ooh, to me to go first I'm because excited. I feel like we might all say it and I wanna be on record as the one who said it first. Okay. <laughs> I love the petty energy there. <laughs> ben Barnes. Do you know what? Oh that's good. He's Prince Caspian from the Chronicles of Narnia. He's the the dad in Stardust. <laughs> what else has he been in? He's, he he, is, uh, he's in the Punisher series. He was also uh, in that, that adaptation, The Picture of Dorian Gray. He should have played Renly Baratheon in Game of Thrones. Oh, I know. He so should have played Renly Baratheon in Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> it's just a disaster. Um but I, I I really love Ben Barnes. I think that's a good shout. He he was he was on my shortlist actually, um, but I wasn't sure because he's he's handsome, but he doesn't really. There's nothing like brooding or ang- angsty about him. Yeah, like he looks like he could be really sensitive, and he's very he's a very classically handsome. You know what I mean? He would be exactly the kind of person that imagine him answering his front door and nodding him, and you being like, "Whoa, there's a celebrity here." But he's also <laughs> got like a boyish look to him like he kind of yeah. he has that kind of boy bandy look yeah you know he's yeah. like very good looking but he's almost like he's prettier than he is handsome which I think is really good for Elliot he's a good choice I I'm not I'm I not think I, I think he's a good choice I I agree with that him I would definitely Sarah bring him Green would look very beautiful together they would look great together. they would they would oh man I'm, this is just coming together <laughs> I know he's a little bit old that was the only thing but he doesn't he no he doesn't young. look old no I think Ben Barnes is a good choice it's a good shout. I had another one that I liked the idea of, but he, 
he just ultimately doesn't work if Elliot has to be like super super hot. That was that for me was like a real stumbling block in the end because there were quite a few actors that I thought, oh, you know, they could sort of embody who the character of Elliot is, but just aren't that sort of really showy offy handsome that Elliot needs to be. Like Matthew Lewis was one. Do you mean Neville? Neville yeah. Longbottom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute. I mean, he is. He, he would be great. Handsome. He would have, he would be so like, he'd have the, the banter with Edie, but he's just maybe not like. I think he'd be a better Jack. No, no, no I don't think he's a Jack. Jack. I don't he's, think he's Come a on, Jack. he's a heart of gold. We don't know that. He might be evil in real life. So Ben Barnes, very strong choice. I think Ben Barnes is yeah, the that's strongest. Good. Yeah, that's good. I think this is probably my strongest choice. Theo James. So he was four in the Divergent series and he was Sidney Parker in Sanderton. But I I think that's like, I do think he's the right look for her. And actually, he's a pretty good actor as well. I think that's that's all right. Thank you. I don't find him hot. I don't find him hot enough. Yeah, but but millions of women do. Or I don't know, millions, but. He is very handsome. (laughs) This this is where it goes a little bit, you know, strange. Ricky Whittle. Oh my god, I was actually looking at him. Yeah, know? yeah, Shadow Moon in American Gods, and he was Captain East in Austin Land. And like, he's also Calvin in Hollyoaks. He's so handsome, and he's so approachable, and he's got great comic timing. But he's also a really good actor, like for sort of more serious things. How old is he? He's got to be like yeah. I'd 40? say I'd say I'd say he's thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah, he's probably a bit old for it actually. Is it my turn now? <laughs> my first choice. I have said this name before. And it was a bad decision. But now I feel it to be a good decision. Okay. What is it? Henry so Golding. Scared. No! Oh, my God! Why? Why not? No. He's very so handsome. why? He's the no. right age. No. He's got kind of like, you know, non-threatening boy bandy good looks. Just so I if anyone doesn't know, know Henry Golding is in Crazy Rich Asians. He's in A Simple Favour. And he was also memorably in Last Christmas I know. with Amelia Clark. If Rach had just come with us to see Last Christmas like we told her to, you would be all aboard, uh, all aboard the like Henry Golding because he honestly, is so yes. charismatic and handsome in that. No, yeah. I I think Harry, uh, Henry Golding is wonderful, but I have never found him a convincing romantic. But this lead. is why ever ever. More How many things have you seen him in? Have you seen him in like, one film? I, I've seen him in Crazy Rich Asians. I saw him in that film with Anna Kendrick where he, um, Blake Lively's husband. Oh, yeah, but he's not really a romantic lead in that. But it's like he doesn't, I don't, he just doesn't have any romantic chemistry with anyone. I'm not sure I would cast him in the role for Elliot. No, I don't think I, I don't think he's Elliot. <laughs> okay, my second suggestion, i would never heard of this person until this morning. Um, <laughs> he's called Lucian Laviscount. And he was in Coronation Street. And then he's kind of gone over to the US and he's in shows like Scream Queens and this new one called Katie Keene. And he's like ridiculously good looking and buff. Yeah. And has that oh kind my of God, look at his teeth. Wow. Polished. Look at his teeth. He does look He's maybe polished. a bit young. He's only 27. But yeah, I just kind young. of thought. I don't think that would be bad though, actually, if he was 27. I think that would read really well on screen. Wow, he is so symmetrical. How is a person that symmetrical? He's like, yeah, he's got that really ridiculously polished handsomeness. I like that. I don't know if I can see him in Sarah Green. No, 
doesn't no. I think it might have to be and that's why I'm like tentative about it because I feel like it has to be Sarah Green in my mind okay I'm much more attached to Sarah Green than I am to any of the leads men. the Elliot's Elliot's hard <laughs> to be honest I think it's I think it's gonna be Ben Barnes we still have to pass Jack I'm excited okay. about Jack. Jack was easy. I had, I have like seven names. <laughs> oh, do you know, actually, just honorable mention. Do you know who I think, oh no, maybe I shouldn't mention this. Do you know who I think has really good energy for for Elliot, but isn't, I'm going to say right away, isn't the right look for him. I think has the right sort of charm and energy is uh, Max Mangella, who played um, Nick in The Handmaid's Tale. Oh yeah, he's cute. I know, he's cute. That's the trouble. He's He's really cute, but I think he's got the sort of right energy. Anyway. Let's go on to Jack. I have several, but the person who I think is kind of perfect for this would be Alfie Allen. But yeah, come on, because he's kind of cute. No, he's kind of charming, but he could also be the worst. I'm not. No, I don't. I'm not convinced. I don't think he doesn't give off a kind of Jack. Kind of has to give off a sort of really pretentiousness, and Alfie doesn't seem pretentious in that way he seems quite kind of earthy also i just i just think jack needs to seem mostly benign i think you'll like this one then douglas booth not bad that's actually not bad douglas booth he's 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 sort of he looks like a villain though it's not bad. Like jack is a villain he looks a little bit posh he's kind of mm. cute but then maybe mm. he's also like ugh, kind of the mm. worst it's like as soon as you <laughs> see him as the worst he looks the worst you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one's not bad. Yeah, do you another? Alex Pettifer. Too hot. He's too. He's too good looking. No, I think that's good. No, he looks kind of ordinary when he's got like a beard going on and stuff. Like he's like he could he could play a hot hipster. He might be too buff. No, I think he's <laughs> he's way too good looking. He's okay. Last one. Wild card. Dave Franco. Dave Franco is pretty good actually stop just casting the cast of Now You See Me (laughs) is he in that too? I've actually not seen the film Lizzie Kaplan and Dave Franco are like a couple in that film. I I actually think Dave Franco is your strongest pick. I just can't imagine Dave Franco inhabiting the same universe as these people. <laughs> I know. I can't I know. do it. But he he <laughs> has the exact vibe for that that Jack has. I think that's I think that's good. Well, mine well mine were were two, and again, I don't know if these would inhabit the universe. One was um Adam Brody, who was like Seth in the OC. I think oh he's God, such a Jack. Yeah. I think he's got such Jack energy. Just a side note, just a side note. I've been re- I was rewatching the AC and I was like obsessed with Seth Cohen when I was a teenager. And yeah, he me is too. the worst character. He is such a terrible person. And I'm rewatching it. I'm like, oh my God. I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was dreamy too when I was a teenager. He's not dreamy yet when you no. watch it as an adult. <laughs> so, yeah. And also his role in New Girl. I don't know if you saw, he did a great turn in New Girl as like one of Jess's like friends that, that is in love with her. And that is Jack energy completely. And the other one, <laughs> I think this is going to make you laugh, is Tom Felton. Who plays Malfoy in Harry Potter? Oh my god, that's inspired. <laughs> that's you. actually perfect. <laughs> Thanks. I thought it was good. I was like, that seems to me he's handsome, but he's got a bit of a, you know. No, I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I was Literally so much more confident about my Jack choices <laughs> than anything else. Oh my god! And then we could get Emma Watson to play Charlotte. Never. <laughs> no, she's too precious. She's too actually, precious. She could be a Charlotte. good Charlotte. So who's, really your, off track. <laughs> who's your Jack? Who's my Jack? Mm, yeah. Um, Nicholas Holt. I had him down. Uh, come on, I love him. I wanted him to be Elliot. No, he can't Again. be Elliot. 
but no, he can't be. On I, think he's not be, I think he's not. Is be. Nicholas Holt kind of the worst? Well, he is in Skins. If you imagine Tony from Skins, that's a kind of. I mean, that's too edgy for Jack, but he kind of. I think he can do that. You know, mm. a bit of a I bastard thing. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'd, I'm not. I'm not married to. I actually think Tom Felton is inspired. Thanks. <laughs> I feel so good about that. I came out with it this morning, and I was like, yes. I had to get something right. Honestly, I was crashing and burning so often on this. Are we going to just do a random bonus character? Wait, no! Don't enter. No, stop it. We haven't decided who we want. No, has been <laughs> passed. You are the worst Elliot. for this. Stop ending it. I want to be in charge Kathleen. of the button. I want to be in charge think, of the button. Yeah. Thank you for listening. This is, this is a democracy, right? Yeah. It doesn't seem that way to me. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's a dictatorship. I mean, it does seem fair to say my suggestion of Sarah Green, Rachel's suggestion of Ben Barnes, and your suggestion of Tom Felton. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. I'm happy I think with that's that. actually, could that be our strongest ever casting? I, I yeah. It's pretty I, strong. I, that feels pretty good. <laughs> but... <laughs> Should we actually cast Richard Madden, though? Yes, let's just cast Richard Madden. Let's be real. 